This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome back, everybody, to 19 Cats and Counting. I have been looking forward to today's interview like you just don't know. Years ago, I bought these CDs on a whim, kind of, will this work, won't it work? And now I'm actually getting to talk to the man who made music for cats. I am fascinated with how this came together, and I'm dying to get to talk to him right as soon as we get back from this break from our sponsored ad. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EasyPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody, to 19 Cats and Counting. It's your co-host, Linda Hall, and I have got our hostess with the mostest, Rita Rhymers, with me. I'm here, and I cannot wait to talk to David. I'm dying. My cat, you know what, I play... I told you on Alexa, I play Calm My Cat a lot. It puts together all this calming music. And one of David's songs came up and it was called Simon Says. And I have a cat named Simon Says. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. I bought his CDs years ago. I was like, remember you and I had seen it and we were discussing it. We're like, this is really interesting. I wonder Well, I couldn't stand it anymore. I bought the CDs. And yeah, love, love, love. So the excitement of making this connection is like, I'm dying. So welcome, David. (laughs) Hello. Thank you for having me on, Linda and Rita. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're so excited to find out how you got involved with you make music for all kinds of animals from what I've been reading. I would love to make music for all kinds of animals, but as it happens, it's pretty difficult between the research and the developing of instruments and the, it takes, it takes a long time. In fact, just recently I was contacted by somebody who's doing a documentary and Mm -hmm. asked me, so we have three species we'd like you to play music for out at this, uh, at this place. How long would it take you to, you know, make up the music? And I was, I said, well, it'd be four to six years. And so, oh, no. No, we were thinking of something a little sooner. Oh. So it takes, uh, it takes a long time to put it together. How so did you I've start? Done, the actual beginning of it all started when I was examining how music affects human emotions. And I took a kind of a novel approach of, I took music apart and asked the question of each of the elements that I could separate through, why would that affect our emotion? So after about eight years or so, I thought I had a decent at least reasonable uh, responses or answers for them. And so I thought, well, any good theory is testable. So one of the ways I could test it is if I was right about, say, having discovered like the recipe of music, I should be able to take the ingredients that are all now designed for humans and replace them with ingredients that are 
you know, tailored for another species, mm -hmm. I should be able to make music that's effective for that species. And so uh, the first test was on cotton top tamarind monkeys. And uh, the research was done at the University of Wisconsin at Madison with their colony of monkeys. And uh, the music designed to calm them down, calmed them down. And the music designed to get them all riled up, got them all riled up. And so we got a lot of press out of that. But not very many people have monkeys. So <laughs> I went to... Uh, music for monkeys to... can be found, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you, if you have funny. cotton top tamarind monkeys. So... Uh, so I went to uh, cats. Uh, the reason I cat cats I chose instead of dogs, dogs, you know, the difference between the breeds is right. extreme. And sure. Cats are pretty consistent. And um, so then we also studied that at the University of Wisconsin. And the data were even stronger for the cats than for the monkeys, which I was very pleased about. And they also did a study at the Louisiana State University on clinical applications for um, at veterinarians. So... Wow. Um, which also came out well. So it, uh, so that's the that's the timeline of putting together our music for cats. So I, I know you're an, a quite an accomplished cellist. And so I believe I read this. And uh, so you've got the music background, but in figuring out, I mean, like I know cats hearing is much more sensitive. Um, I read something about you moving it up. And I, I mean, how do you design that and take that and get, how do you figure out what the ingredients are for cats? It's that's a good question. Well, for I think one good example is uh, the human moan, for example, we basically one of the parts of our music that it generates, it has stylized versions of emotional vocalization. And that means not the language, but you know, if I say, Oh, everybody knows what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or ah, right. everybody knows what that these are they're emotionally driven and they're interpreted in the different parts of the brain. And so one of them for us, for example, we have the moan and we moan in pleasure and in pain. It seems odd that we would have the same sound for those two very different kind of emotions. But I right. understand that they're both intended to elicit uh, sympathy from the listener. Then it's a communication. And so cats purr when they're content, but they also purr when they're in pain. Right. And so it is a communication that is intended to solicit uh, a sympathy or it's kind of a, do you feel me? I understand. So, so I have a number of per instruments. So, you know, we have lots of instruments that can sound like the moaning kind of right. humans instrument have a lot of that. And so I had developed instruments that will stylize the sound of uh, purrs. That's one example. Uh, I don't use any actual animal sounds in my, my, mu my music because I was kind of a uh, technicality, but basically they would get used to it. Their emotional response would get turned off Oh, if they can really recognize it. Interesting. But if it's a little mysterious, then it, they'll always, it'll always respond emotionally. That is just amazing. Well, and you can almost hear, Rita said to me that you almost heard like a meow in the back, you know, we were right. like picking out sounds and yeah. So it's not an actual meow. It's a, it's something that you've, it's a synthetic actually, meow. Yeah, that would be a violin that, that has a little bit. That's, and I have to uh, modify the instruments a lot. I use basically acoustic instruments to start with. And then there's a lot of software modification to get it into the, into the range of, mm -hmm. the, of the species. I even wrote music for bats that we couldn't even hear, you know. Well, I was going to ask but, you that because I know cats 
they hear on a higher frequency than we do. So there are noises in there that we don't hear that they do. Well, there would be, except there could be, you might say, but the problem is that people are going to play it on speakers that are designed for humans, mm -hmm. and they only go up to the 20 kilohertz, which is the limit of our hearing. So um, oh. I'm right now talking about putting some of the music on vinyl, which can actually get to a higher frequency, but getting music in there or the cats for that very high frequency hearing, I think would probably include some kind of little mousy troubadour kind of song, because that's what they're listening for up there, is how, the, the mice singing. How did you test this out and, and really know that you had it right and the cats were really being affected? Well, I didn't. You know, one of the kind of punchlines here is that I don't have cats because I'm allergic to cats. Oh, my goodness. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so I did this, like with the monkeys, I did it all based on the theory and then sent it off. Mm -hmm. And then the university does all the testing. Ah. And so I took the, I'd had this array of vocalizations and I knew that cats, the brain development is a very important part of the music. For example, for us, for humans, we can hear for four months in the womb and the sounds of your mother respiration and pulses pretty loud down there, not mention her voice. And so for the pulse is very much a part of human music. Mm -hmm. But that's because the emotional centers of our brains are basically fully formed at birth. And so they're basically cooked inside. And uh, but a cat's brain is only, I think it is one tenth the size at birth of what it will be at 20 weeks. So most of its brain development happens outside the womb. So the pulse rate of the mother cat won't really come into play. But the sound of suckling, I figure, will. It's a reward-related sound that all cats will have heard as their brains were developing. And so basically I took, so there in this category, you got pulse for humans. For cats, that'll be suckling kind of sounds. Did that How answer did your question or did I get so yes. far away from the question? No, no it's just fascinating. fascinating. So you had to do a lot of research about how cats hear, what cats hear, what, I mean, this was a dual, quite yes, a job. The, the research, <laughs> she had to learn about cat yeah, behavior as well. Is, that's right. That's right. It um, Half of the time is just doing the, the research because the research itself, you kind of have to tease out things because basically nobody else has been researching for this purpose. And so there's no real folder you're, you're, to go you're to. Sh well, you're shooting you in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. right. That's right. So, um, but it was, I'll tell you, it was fascinating for me. And so I went through a kind of a personal transformation from being, oh, cats, oh, you know, I'm allergic. I'm going to have to go, you know, to fascination, to admiration. And now I can say I'm just a total cat person. I just well, they you know, are, there's, a couple, there's a couple of cat breeds that are hyperallergenic. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, of course, yes. the Sphinx, they don't have any hair. The Devon Rex. And, oh, what is the other one? The Siberian. And they're gorgeous. They don't have oh, this yeah. protein in their blood, really? which is what we really react to, you know, because they lick themselves and, you know, they've got that protein in their saliva. That's what we react to right. when we have the allergen. But these cats don't have that. So just, just some food for thought. Just <laughs> if you ever wanted to just... be around kitties. <laughs> yes. 
Linda, what were you? You were telling me you did some research on David. You were telling me that he started off with elephants. Is that right? Is that right, David? No, I was just saying how cool it would be. Well, and there was something in one of the articles talking about, you know, how nice for the lonely elephant at the zoo. And I was saying, you know, if we could do that for every animal, how cool that would be, especially like zoos where they're out of their element and they're stressed and there's people staring at them and they're not used to this. Right. How great that would be. But then, yeah, there's not a lot of market for music for elephants. No, not really. (laughs) I I couldn't agree with you more. I'll have to admit that. I did this music for the monkeys before I did the cats, where I was pitching that to zoos and places that had captive species. Sure. There are a lot of places like Johns Hopkins uh, Medical, they have these uh, macaques, and, and I couldn't get past the bureaucracy at any of these places. You're but kidding. I think awful. elephants are just really high on the list because the way I look at it, there's a kind of a need for enrichment. Sure. Based on what the animal does in nature, like the anaconda in its natural state will just hang out for, a, you know, three weeks doing nothing uh, until it gets hungry and then go out and find something. And so when it sits in a cage for three weeks, it's not really doing much different than it would right. otherwise. Uh, but for an elephant that has huge range and highly intelligent. Yeah, they are. Luck, it's just it's an exponentially more difficult thing for them to be in captive sure. and generally people throw a tire in them and call it enrichment so it's it's a challenge and and in fact for this documentary if we can get it to work elephants are the the animal that i hope to uh, work with wow awesome well we see in them such emotion they grieve when they lose their partner or their friend they grieve when they lose a child they grieve, you know and yeah we've taken them out of nature and we've got and i I'm a zooaholic. I'm not dissing the zoos. Believe me, I get my yearly pass. Didn't this year because of COVID, but you know, but you know, it's yeah, they, if it was something that would soothe them and make them feel better and comfort them as opposed to just wandering around in this small enclosure. Well, some and zoos are better than others as far as providing enrichment too. Mm. Absolutely. And, and there's also the, the, the situation of, you know, as we as humans, we're kind of ransacking the planet. And so the more there are going to be ever more species that are only viable in captivity. Right, right. Because we're taking away their habitat. And so this issue will become, I think, over the years, even more important that we don't just stick them in a square concrete and feed them, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very interested in, in uh, expanding the number of animals that we can... Uh, bring this kind of sonic enrichment to yeah providing provided that people can be patient and let you do the proper research (laughs) and then i'm sure that takes time and money so hopefully somebody would be able to uh back you while you do this development too well that certainly would be nice i'll tell you when i went to these institutions all i asked for was like a hole to do the fundraising i didn't Mm -hmm. ask for any money I said, just, you know, just give me a place that I'll do the fundraising. I'll say here, you know, put the, the sure. contribute to the fund, the species right. specific music fund or whatever. And uh, it seemed to me like not that much of a, you know, wow. be that problem, but I still couldn't get past the, the, um, I don't know, the red tape, of the, the curators, mind you, they were all very interested. Yeah. But they I'm don't sure. do fundraising or development because what's that saying music sues the savage beast yeah i mean it's yep. true yep exactly well when i first got the cds so rita when she gets full 20 is her limit but you know you show i'm this full cat now 
you show her this cat that's got a wonky eye and three legs and she is on her way to adopt it. So there was this, this lady that was TNRing and, you know, trapping and, and neuter and releasing them, um, this feral colony. And she picked up this orange cat and he was just like, purr, 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 I love you. I love you. And she's like, this is not a feral cat. Somebody dumped it. It's living with the feral. And he was in bad shape and he's FIV positive and he was really skinny and, you know, ear mites and fleas and yada, yada. And so Rita really couldn't take him. So she started sending me these pictures until I agreed to take him. And so I had Kizzy, but Kizzy was very scared. He's down all over the house, but literally for probably a year, he would not leave my bedroom. He might walk out and kind of look down once he made it down to the landing on the stairs. And then he just looked terrified. Like, am I back out in the wild? You know? <laughs> so he was spending a lot of time in my room, which I often work from there. So I'm there, but then he was alone a lot. So when I heard about this, I thought, oh, this is good. And especially if I'm going away, you know, and I put it on in my boom box, little CD and just put it on the repeat. So it keeps going over and over again. And he was much less stressed in way better mood. Happy to see me when I came in the room. Yeah, it made all the difference. You know, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. You know, the uh, the researchers, uh, Charles Snowden, who did the work, he's he's the one who pointed out that in the research they found that it was the formerly feral cats and those who had been abused who were the most affected by the music. Sure. So basically those most in need of comfort were the most comforted by it. And I'll tell you yes. the number of times that I have read uh, letters from people and just said tears in my eyes. I mean, it's, it's happened often. I, I remember the first one that was from this, there was a Norwegian cat mm -hmm. that was one of those that had been adopted and just had no, it was just My invisible. two senior cats are Norwegian forest cats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said she put this music on the first time, came up onto her lap and stayed there and I just, I thought, well, okay, that's, that's worth all the, that's worth all the time. It yeah. makes a difference because I play that for Missy and Scooter. They're 15 year old cats that their uh, owner died and they ended up in the shelter. They weren't doing real well. So the shelter called me to take them in and I play your music for them every day. And Scooter sitting in my office right now, this is the first time today he's left that back room. So that music mm. is making mm -hmm. a difference. And the other one, Missy, she's all over the place. Uh, she has gotten on my lap a couple times too. And they were both just petrified when they got here. So it really does make a difference. Let me pause for a quick break and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about music for cats. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting and David Ty, my awesome co-host, Linda Hall. 
Linda has done most of the research on David. So I'm sure you have a lot more questions for David. I kind of got obsessed. I thought he might have to get out a restraining order. I was reading all these articles. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to stop. We don't, <laughs> don't worry. We don't even know where you live. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, and I was, I was telling you about Kismet that I adopted a year later, maybe I yeah. went to Carolinas to visit Rita and I said, I would like to go to the shelter and thank Terry for saving Kismet. Cause I, I really love this cat. This is a very special cat. And I reached out to her and said, I'm going to be coming and, you know, I want to meet you. And she said, I still have his girlfriend. What? So you can't bonded pairs. You just can't do that. So she was truly a feral cat. And nobody could touch her. So nobody adopted her. She's gorgeous, absolutely stunning, but she, nobody's going to come anywhere near her. And she hid under the bed and we didn't even see her. Rita probably got tired of calling him like, I don't know. Is she eating? Is she going to die? I don't know. (laughs) We just can't get this cat. But it was when I started playing that again and I started playing it while I was working and things, she started coming up on the bed. I still can't pet her, but she's at least she'll snuggle with her boyfriend, Kismet, and they'll snuggle on the bed and cuddle together and she'll lay at my feet. And yeah. She's not under the bed anymore. Didn't I mean, Cameron pet her the other day? Didn't Cameron get to touch yeah, her? Yeah. If you come from straight level to her, like if she's laying on the bed and you come up in the chair or something and put your slowly put your hand out, you can get one or two pets before she starts freaking out. But yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got it playing almost all the time. I don't use my CDs anymore. I, does anyone still use CDs? But <laughs> I have a CD player on my car, but my car is 14 years old. So <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's available for download, right? Yes, and streaming. And so okay. it's you know, Spotify and iTunes and here and there. Well, and on your I website, I'm on musicforcats.com right now. And I see there's mm-hmm. some that you can download right there. Right. Yeah. Good. Lots of ways, lots of ways to get it. And the music, I remember when I first played it, that's when we first ran across it. I don't know. We're always running across cats. So you know how Facebook starts tailoring things. Oh, you like cats. I'm going to send you this. So I don't remember where we found the ad, but when we found it and you could play the little samples and it's, it's definitely not made for human ears. I mean, it's not, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's actually quite relaxing, but I it's like very it. different. It's not like a tune that I would play for me. So that's what really got my curiosity. You know, how did, how did he decide what, you know, how cats were going to be turned on to this and how this was going to affect them? Well, one thing, um, when I put the, the music up for the monkeys, uh, the researchers noted it was, wasn't in the published article, but they, they found both types of music irritating. So they couldn't, you know, there's like, uh, they couldn't stand, you know, any monkey music. And that's when I realized, well, if the cat owners are irritated by it, they're just not going to turn it on. Right. So the cat vocalizations and just below the like treble clef and the music and they can hear sounds lower than that, but they're not emotionally salient. It's basically if it's below your vocal level, it kind of is traffic noise to cats. So okay. that's where I put a lyric kind of bandwidth of music to make it palatable for humans. And so and in the second album, I tried to actually put music that might be enjoyable. So so something that, you know the humans and the cats could both right. enjoy and share. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there is, there is something in there that's intended for, for humans, but uh, it really started just to make sure that the cat owners would not just go, Oh, God, I can't <laughs> and switch it off. Yeah. 
<laughs> music like whale sounds music that we would be like no, yes yes thank you uh-huh uh-huh it's nice and i find it really helps me to work honestly when i'm playing it because if i'm playing you know 80s music or something i'm singing and bopping and reminiscing and getting off track this is just a yep. really nice background noise that I can work and it's there and it is soothing. It is calming. It is. I, I wish we had known about this or had this when Rita owned a pet sitting business in LA and then in the Carolinas for well, almost 18 years. Almost. And we'd find a lot of people, they have one cat, which, you know, we always recommend trying to get two because they keep each other company. And then these people travel a lot for work. You know, we had a lot of people in the industry and, you know, people working for jobs that were going to take them away for like, you know, a week at a time. This cat's just sitting in this quiet house, you know, and nothing, no noise, no, you know, how nice that would have been to just play it on loop. And yeah. Well, even in our cat behavior business now, how many clients in the last two weeks have we told? to look up David's music. Yeah. Probably four or five. Yeah. You know, because yep. not not just as not just for a lonely cat, but you know, when you've got some cat aggression going on or you're trying to integrate a new cat into a, an already existing cat hierarchy, having this music in the background really does make everyone relax a little bit more. It, it helps the integration process. That's great. Yeah. It's it probably uh, it should behooves me to say that's also not all cats respond. Uh-huh. Is that it tends to be that uh, older cats and happier cats. So if you have an old and really happy cat, he's probably just going to kind of look up and go, oh, whatever. So, this, <laughs> you know, cats are individuals, as you know better than sure. I do. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be the exceptions. I can imagine cat cafes would be a good target market for your music as well. Yeah, we do have it going in a number of the cat cafes. Uh-huh. However, they are such unusual and unnatural kind of situations for a cat that, sure. you know, they usually have a certain kind of territory and, but to have a constant influx of new cats in a situation like that and people. Yeah, that's tough. It's a pretty tough setting for a cat. It is. And so they're usually so distracted by all the other things that, uh, that the music I think is, has a less of an effect. It's not like uh, sure. there's, there's much for them to process in a place like Unless they played it overnight when the cats are alone, that might help them. Right. I actually did that last night. So I had seven cats and then my daughter, her husband passed away from COVID in August, unfortunately. And so she had to move back home. Every 32 year old wants to move back in with their mother is the high point of her life. (laughs) And uh, she had four cats. So all of a sudden we're integrating and, you know, cats figure out their hierarchy and who's who. And so when you take four and combine them with seven, everybody's freaking out. So I will play because I've gotten Alexa in the living room and in the kitchen and the dining room. I will have those all play that at night. I just started that last night. Because it's usually when the house gets quiet that the fighting starts and you hear the rare and uh, I do that. I played in every room, but the bedroom at night because I want to sleep, you know, I don't want them in there really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe a fluke, but we had a better night last night. So yeah, you know, if there's some calming. Yeah, yeah. All the people aren't moving around, but I hear this music that I love. So yeah. I wonder, David, is this music effective on the larger cats, you know, like tigers, lions, leopards? Has it been tested on them? The only large cat, the great cats that purr is, is the cheetah. Uh-huh. And so it, oh, may, yeah, that's true. The, the rest of the cats are not as vocal, and mm-hmm. their vocal range would be so different that they probably would not be uh, 
there wouldn't because, be a you know the for music as well i mean for basically any kind of communication i was a fascinating thing for me that this was discovered here in washington in mm -hmm. uh, in my lifetime is that high pure sounds like oh, oh i tend to be affectionate and low harsh like oh, i got to get good are threats across many species including reptiles and birds and so mm -hmm. but of course you know what's high to us is low to a monkey, mm -hmm. what's high to a monkey is low to a bat. So you have to get it right. That's right. one of the reasons why a lot of our music is really irritating to cats because it's in their threat register and in a sound that has a certain kind of harshness to it. Mm -hmm. And so there is music that will make a cat go, oh, that just makes me feel like crap. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so it's uh, so anyway, the that range is important so the great cats will have a much lower range so um yeah. so i haven't really tried them you know that makes sense because sometimes we get a client that maybe they just get married and the cats aren't used to having a male voice around you know the deeper voice and cats tend to sometimes be more frightened of men too and i always suggest that they talk in a little higher pitch because cats do respond better to those high frequencies yeah it's, it's like hey Hey, Muffy, how you doing? Muffy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, so good to see you. <laughs> you think about it, it's the same for humans. You know, you, you can't imagine going up to a little a baby in a, oh, what a beautiful baby. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you go, oh, so beautiful. She yes, exactly. Big difference. Exactly. If, if it makes a difference to us, you know, it for sure affects the cats. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, I just can't wrap my head on how much you had to, I mean, music and composing music is okay. I took piano lessons for five years. This is the limit of my music <laughs> until my mother finally gave up because I got to <laughs> practice and uh, I regret well, it, makes it a difference, Linda. Someday I'm going to get those lessons as an adult and get better. But anyway, but uh, you know, composing a piece of music, everything that's behind music, putting all the pieces. I mean, that's a big job, but then figuring out how to make it appeal to the cat's brain and work with the cat. That's just that blew me away. It's like you had to be an animal behaviorist, a scientist, as well as a musician <laughs> to get all these in together. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that in a sense, because it's true that I had to do a lot of work that kind of catch myself up in areas because it's, you're right, in between there, you have to know a little bit about this, a little bit about that. And right. you actually need to know a lot about music. And so the, the number of people who are in this in between area is just mm -hmm. there aren't very many people i'm very happy to say that it was only last week that i had someone who had contacted me like last year who's doing her a dissertation on species specific music uh -huh. and has written music for a ringtail lemur and so basically i was like yes somebody wow. else is going to take up you know i want to uh -huh. hear what she's up with and she's in the uk and, wow uh, you so finally I'm, have a colleague <laughs> exactly yeah i'm because i you know it was for a long time it was like a kind of a tagline that kept sure. me going i was thinking i hope that in a hundred years people will have to be taught that music was once just for humans <laughs> but it feels like i'm you know i'm still the you know the guy who is yeah. doing at least a science-based uh, version yeah. of it yeah, but you're the one on the bleeding edge for sure. There is at least now one other person 
That's was, good. Uh, working yeah. on it. Well, Do you've pl- told people before in pet sitting, you know, leave the TV on, leave the radio yeah. on, but we've never had anything specific to help the, you know, it was just background noise. So well, now this we is do. way better. Yeah. Do you play all the music, David, or do you work with other musicians? On the first album, I had other musicians. I did, a, but the truth is I found the cello is so, it's capable of so many different sounds. Mm-hmm. And when you, which is what I play, I play the cello. And so when you can modify those sounds, it makes it even more varied. And so I found that I actually, I had to kind of, uh, I, I hate to tell you this, like a, a little, little secret. We won't tell I, anyone. Some of we won't people, tell anyone. Uh, don't tell anybody. Don't well, tell anybody. Your secret safe with us and our listeners. Some of, recording, <laughs> some of the recording I did, I actually canceled because the sound that I thought would be right I couldn't make it right. And so the name is on the CD, but the, the music isn't. Right. And so, so, but I, but I have, especially of the violin, uh-huh. I can do a little bit on the violin, but not as much. And so that does help. Sure. I have uh, friends of mine who do that. Look, a violin is a tough instrument. I took violin lessons for about a minute. <laughs> I never, ever could get it right. That's a tough That's instrument. That's not long enough to get it right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah more yeah. than a minute. Yeah. You my grandpa taught talent. me how to play Jesus Loves Me on my violin, but that was the extent of it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you ever played violin, Linda. Another my grandfather my grandfather played violin, and he used to, some of my fondest memories are him coming over and, and playing something. I'd play the piano, something that I had learned, and he'd play his violin oh. with me. And he was a fiddler, though. He was, you know, turkey in the straw and all that. He was a fiddler. That was a fiddle. And it had been passed down from, I think, his uncle. And it's, yeah, it's hanging above my piano now. He gave it to me for my 16th birthday oh. before past he gave me his good violin so yeah violin i i don't i can't play anything on it but it holds a special place in my heart <laughs> no your son plays saxophone but david yep. i imagine saxophone might scare a cat the cats don't like their his cameron's practicing yeah that's probably not the right thing <laughs> no and that's, it's low. funny you said that rita because i had that thought when he's talking about the tones i thought that's why they all run away when cameron practices <laughs> yeah I, it's not a commentary on his talent. My family were all singers, and I started as a singer. And but my first instrument was saxophone. Oh, and my dad they, they said that all the geese in northern Minnesota were on a backyard when I practiced, <laughs> and they had me practice in the in the closet. They really did. It was. <laughs> they big, didn't want to hear it. It was a big walk-in <laughs> closet, like in the corner of the house. And then I remember once, uh, I swear I'm not making this up, we had a family meeting to get me to play something else. Oh, my goodness. And my brother said, how about the cello? And I didn't. I said, oh, sure. Okay. I'll try the cello. Well, that was kismet right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, those little bends in the road that take us in other directions. Yeah, I, I. I just crack it up that you said that because, yeah, I thought as he was talking about the tones, I thought that's why all the cats run away because that sax. Yeah, yeah it's uh huh, it's low and it's loud and it's severe. <laughs> yeah, well, the lowness too. David, is there anything, uh, any last thoughts that you have that you'd like to share with everyone and with us? The only one, I guess, is the, uh, and I think people, you and people listening may be already kind of in this understanding. But I think most people aren't. And that is that animals are capable of appreciating beauty. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I say that as I, you know, from a perspective of uh, neuroscience and, you know, I'm not just like 
a Californian kind of, well, let's all just get along, you know. It's like, I mean, we appreciate something. It's it's beautiful to us because it's the kind of thing that it's in our, it's good for us. Like, Uh you know, we see a beautiful sky of white clouds and green and all those things are good for our species. But I'm thinking if you're a naked mole rat, beauty would be moist soil with grubs in it, you know. But it is beautiful to that naked mole rat. And so if you can look at it and hear from the perspective of the animal and recognize that beauty is not just something that humans can appreciate, but that other mammals can appreciate. Agree. I think we'd we'd do better by them if we can understand that. I so agree. Mm -hmm. I often tell people that, you know, that the animals look out of the same eyes that we do. They see the same world that we do and they feel the same emotions that we do. And not enough people pay all much to that and treat their animals that way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If you've got a stressed cat or, you know, there's something going on, I I could see, you know, Rita drove from from California to North Carolina with 17 cats in her vehicle. It was called the No Cat Left Behind Project. I really could (laughs) have used your music then. I was just (laughs) like, I would so, if I was taking a trip and I had my cats in the car, I would so be playing David's music for cats without a doubt. It would have been on loop on repeat. One of Uh the songs from my first album is called like For the Open Road. Oh, you're kidding. Who had been in the car, who put on my three minute song on a loop for hours and it horrified me are you kidding me oh that would kill me so i made this song it's like 15 minutes long that has nothing to repeat it's got no earworms it's got nothing you could hum and so i thought okay it's just this is a song for the open road so yeah you're right yeah that's perfect i'm writing that down Uh, not that i'm ever going to move again but we often have people say how do i move with my cats well i'm gonna tell you we get a lot of panicked people that are moving especially like across country or you know far away that are like this is not a dog this is a cat our last guest moved from georgia to texas with oh yeah uh i think she had eight cats at the time she didn't have the dog yet but yeah it's tough and yeah there's so many places that i think people i don't think people enough people know music for cat exists once they do there's so many places that you can use it you know even to soothe your cat on your way to the vet's office just you know cats hate being in most cats hate being in the car some don't mind but most hate it so anything to make it a more relaxing experience the better well, and even if your cats are happy, look, I'm a fairly happy person, but I put music on to boost sure. my mood or to, you know, yeah. I, I have certain playlists of, you know, I'm lagging, play this upbeat list, or I'm, you know, I'm in an old school mood or, uh, you know, spiritual, whatever. Why not do this for your cat? Sure. It's, it's not going to hurt anything. And especially with things like the streaming, like Alexa that we have, you know, you have to say though, Alexa, play music for cats by david ty if you just say music for cats it comes up some other stuff so you have to say by david ty for her to answer oh she's answering me because she heard me that's really funny (laughs) (laughs) don't say that name that's funny (laughs) she's gonna start playing it now that you said i don't know he was playing earlier but yeah (laughs) 
Well, I can't Dave, help but mention this, Linda. Can you have you noticed that your bedspread and my shirt are exactly they the are, same? Pattern? They are. We're styling. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess I didn't we get match. the memo because I don't have any. Right. No. Right. Memo. <laughs> that's hysterical. On that happy note. Thank you so much, David. I, this was so fascinating. We'd love to have you back again. Musicforcats.com on Amazon. Look for music by David Tai, T-E-I-E. And thanks again. Thank you, Linda, for being my awesome co-host. Oh, another cat just joined us. Thank you, Kitty, for joining us. And special, special thanks to Mark Winter, our awesome producer who's given us the spot on Pet Life Radio and always makes us sound terrific. Until next time, remember, every day is Catter Day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.